All right, we're live for another RTD Q&A and excited to be back with a returning guest, someone who, I'm having, who, who I have not connected with in quite some time, Mr. Josh Sigurdsson from Ward Alternative Media. Josh, how are you doing, my friend? Great, man. Living the life in paradise under quarantine. Loving every second of it. Yes, I understand. So, yeah, we all are making adjustments in our lives. But one thing I find interesting about your situation is that uh, you've actually relocated from your original homeland of Canada. You're now currently in Mexico and you did all that in transition uh, to, uh, to to better prepare yourself uh, for the days ahead. So I want to touch on that a little bit. And as always, uh, as we get more people logged in, feel free to ask questions in the chat or whatnot, and we'll get those questions answered. And so, Josh, let's start off with we are currently on basically a global lockdown. And so you left Canada, your home country, to go to Mexico. Give it, give us the thought process and the journey from home to looks like the new home. Honestly, well, I'm on like six, day 16 here and I still can't really believe it myself. Uh, mm -hmm. So basically going back a long time, I, I'm someone that is really conscious of my own individual freedoms. Freedom is responsibility. Responsibility is freedom. They are synonymous. They are the same thing. And it's up to me as an individual to take care of that um, and to aid that freedom. Um, no government is going to give it to me. They'll only take it away. So for me, I left Canada years ago for the United States because I felt that things were getting much worse. And it wasn't about fleeing. It wasn't about running away and running away from my problems. For me, it was always about protecting my freedoms because that's my responsibility. Responsibility. I've yelled at the Prime Minister of Canada. I've done. I've made the news and done all that kind of stuff. And honestly, people were just getting more and more centralized, more and more socialist, more and more willing to give up their freedoms. And for me, I don't accept that. And I don't want uh, some behemoth of an uh, you know a, a crime racket stealing my freedoms away from me. So I moved down to Las Vegas because it was a little bit more free. Maybe not outwardly outside of the nation, but inwardly. People have guns. People have, uh, you know, more individualism, more free-minded thinking. Um, but the the issue is when this whole coronavirus thing uh, broke out, I knew that this was a catalyst. It, it wasn't the cause of the crash of the stock market. It's a catalyst of the, the what they needed, the nudge to knock over those dominoes. And I've been warning about it for years. And the whole idea was always that, um, you know, people should be overly prepared rather than underprepared. It's okay to be overly prepared and be that crazy person because someday it could very well come in handy and it'll save your life. Uh, most people didn't listen. You saw the runs on the stores. You see uh, people buying five-year supplies of toilet paper, but no food. And, you know, I knew what that would turn into. There's a lack of independence in big cities in general all over the world, but especially in the U.S. and Canada, thanks to a huge indoctrination system we call schools and media, etc. So when I started seeing that happening and the stock market's collapsing completely and they're talking about printing trillions of dollars, I'm sitting back and going... Well, how long until martial law? Okay, emergency, a state of emergency is signed into effect. Okay, so how long until there's military in the street? All right, they've got the National Guard deployed. Okay, so how long until they start taking guns? All right, they're doing that in Illinois. Okay, so how long until they start saying you're not allowed to go outside? Purely communist control of property. This is complete communist control of the economy. This is the transition into a fascist communist state. And... I was planning on going to, you know, Europe and Eastern Europe and places like the country of Georgia. But instead, I saw all these countries closing their borders. They closed it in Guatemala. And I went, OK, my last chance, Mexico. And I went down um, the Las Vegas Strip on the 16th of March. And there was almost nobody there. It was like a ghost town. There's police everywhere. And I'm going, this is not going to end well. I went on uh, Google Flights. I book 
a flight for two one way to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, because it was the cheapest way to go. It was like $100 for two people all together to go to Puerto Vallarta. I found an Airbnb that's like $330 uh, a month. And it's a nice in, in a nice location. And I'm like, okay, book, book, jump on a plane six hours later, pulled an all-nighter, didn't go to sleep, find my way into Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Streets are exploding with spring break traffic. And I'm like, I think I made the right decision. Within 24 hours, they're saying, they're stopping people from going on airplanes. They're stopping people from um, flying to uh, to Mexico. Uh, it was like the perfect timing. I, I got to Mexico, and here's the thing: the Mexican government is big. There's no doubt about it. The Mexico Mexico has a big government. However, people don't listen to the government. That's the difference. Uh, you know, there's national there's the national guard in the streets here too, but nobody's listening to it. Nobody cares. Um, they say. Um, we're shutting down all bars that are 50 capacity and over unless they serve food. So all the bars just start giving you free apples, apple slices at the door so that they can serve you alcohol. And by the way, alcohol is probably a pretty good way to kill coronavirus. Food is probably not a great way. So it's kind of, again, another example of government making stupid decisions like, oh, food is okay, but alcohol is not. Like, please tell me all about how that makes any sense at all. So people are, these bars are getting around the laws. And they haven't forced them closed, all of them closed. The nightclubs are all closed now, and now all the gringos are gone. I'm one of the only people left in Puerto Vallarta that's uh, that's a foreigner in a very tourist town, which concerns me greatly for the jobs. But I'm here. People are nice, inviting. I talk to people here, and everyone thinks this is a global conspiracy. <laughs> Every waiter, bartender, doctor, pharmacist, store owner, everyone I talk to is like, this is a global conspiracy. Yes, the coronavirus is bad, but the government is a bigger virus. And I'm like, exactly. I found my people. So I feel pretty good about it. Um, I think I made the right decision. And the things I'm hearing about in the United States, out of Maryland, out of um, you know the, the state of Virginia right now, where they're grabbing guns and forcing people into their homes with threat of one-year prison sentences and $2,500 fines, and saying that you can only go to the grocery store or hospital, or you could go to jail and you can't protest any any legislation they're doing. You know, it's a, everyone else has to stay home. The government goes goes right to um, the the government buildings and, and writes the ink on the paper, the magical ink, and suddenly everyone's enslaved. So um, I think the major difference for me is that I'm able to better protect my freedom. Besides, people don't panic here like they do in other countries. People grew up more self-sustainable, more independent. People have witnessed more hardships over the years here in Mexico than in the United States and Canada. It's just a way of conditioning. That's the way it works. Kids are swimming in swamps here in mud and garbage with, you know, dogs swimming around with them. Their immune systems are great. The hot weather kills coronavirus immediately. And, you know, it's just, I think, honestly, just a better place to be. I would honestly say right now, Puerto Vallarta, not all of Mexico, but Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, might be one of the freest places in the world. Maybe Belarus is somewhere in there too. But right now, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico is one of the freest places in the world. In the province of Jalisco, other places in Mexico are shutting down, uh, forcing gringos out of the towns, closing Airbnb, basically demanding things at gunpoint, and people are following it, and they're watching too much television, including American television, and falling for the propaganda. However, here, not so much. People are very, very self-sustainable. And at the end of the day, if everything shuts down, as I've talked with many people, they're like, well, there's fish in the ocean. There's coconuts on the trees. There's a way. There's always going to be a way for us to feed ourselves. And we've done it before. 
In 2009, the swine flu ravaged Mexico more than almost any country in the world. Many people were calling it the Mexican flu. Um, it's just starting to catch on here in Mexico. We have 1,000 people with uh, with coronavirus who've had a coronavirus here and 20, 28 deaths. And so it's just starting to catch on. It will grow. It will get worse. But however, the difference is how people handle it. And I don't believe in dying on my knees. So um, I've been responsible. I've been sure to constantly use hand sanitizer. I've not been interacting with older people, all that stuff, just to ensure that, you know, just in case I'm totally wrong about everything, which by the way, I do believe it's a bad illness, but in case I'm wrong about everything and I, I don't, cause I do think it's overblown. Um, I'm being very cautious and responsible. That's my responsibility uh, and, you know, uh, the hallmark of freedom to ensure that. But I, I think that uh, people are handling it better here and people are much safer here. And once it gets worse, then it's going to be bad um, as far as people losing their jobs and not being able to feed their families. But again, that's going to happen in the United States and Canada, too, where people aren't able to defend themselves in many, uh, many parts of the United States and Canada. People don't have guns. People don't have food saved up. People don't have a way to sustain their family. And they'll do what they need to do out of desperation to feed their family. And it's going to affect a lot of those who have prepared, who do have food. And uh, I think it's going to turn very violent in uh, the near future. I hope I'm wrong, but I think I think it will. I think you're muted. I can't hear you. You there, Mike? Okay, he'll be back in a moment. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I, I believe that we are in one of the craziest timelines in history. I believe that we are facing the biggest behemoth of statism ever. We've got the seizures of private property all over the United States right now. They say they're going to pay rents. Um, but that sounds great. Free stuff, right? But it's not. they're not paying rent. They are essentially creating a... Um, a, a net in order to seize property. They're, they're saying, we're going to print a bunch of money, trillions of dollars. We're going to bail everything out. It's going to inflate the price of living dramatically. It's going to be completely unsustainable. It's going to lead to severe, severe problems. And uh, I think that it's important that we all understand the side effects of the, the blowback of this. And so what I wanted to uh, kind of go into is that we have uh, an opportunity to you know, live by our word and stand by our word and, you know, prove the the messages that we've tried to, the messages of freedom that we've tried to spread for so long. So um, I, I want to uh, point out, sorry, I, I just noticed Mike, Mike is not, I cannot hear him. So I'm just going to keep going for now. Um, but uh, <laughs> hopefully he's able to join soon. Anyway, uh, so I wanted to point out that uh, what, what we're dealing with right now is uh, a, ma a matter of are you going to protect yourself or are you going to give in 
to this massive monopoly on power. And I believe there's an agenda here. I believe that this has been weaponized. I think that there's a, a good chance that, I mean, this has been planned to some extent. I believe that there's a switch over to the communist order. Uh, I did a video the other day called uh, the Global Chinese uh, Takeover, which I think everyone should check out on our um, on, on World Alternative Media on YouTube. Um, if you haven't subscribed, that's where I am. And it essentially talks about how um, He's not able to join this uh, join this live stream. I'm gonna have to check the live stream for questions and take your questions right away. Just one moment here, guys. Um, get this up and running. It's important to not have a moment of um, dead air, as they call it. So I'm bringing this up on the screen. Okay, we have some uh, <laughs> I have some questions coming up on uh, on the screen here. I had to pull up my phone. Okay, so Paul Cox is even here, which is a miracle. Uh, so something is definitely up because this lot usually don't listen to anybody. Somehow obedience has achieved. Absolutely. Um, it's really sad to see so many people falling for the tricks of the establishment, falling for this uh, global order, falling for this crazy power grab that we're witnessing. We're talking cash to society, centrally planned, of course, going through the banking system. We're talking um, very, very real infringement of private property where government is, is seizing property, telling people to stay in their home, uh, telling people they can't go out into the streets or else they will end up being uh, you know, arrested, thrown in jail for a year or so. Um, we're talking about gun grabs going on. We're talking about forced vaccinations. However you feel about that, the government is taking full control over that. And then we're also having a, seeing a massive power shift over to China. So I think that uh, right now we are witnessing one of the most crucial moments in history to uh, you know stand up and make ourselves heard. But far too many are going, well, maybe I'm just going to stay in my home and cower and say, oh, maybe this will blow over. It's not going to blow over anytime soon, uh, guys. I mean, we're seeing trillions of dollars printed. We're seeing Venezuela-style printing happening right now. And uh, I believe that this will just simply lead to uh, more people begging the government for help. Of course, it goes back to the old saying, uh, strong men create good, uh, good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times hard times create strong men. And we go in a circle over and over again. Uh, Mike says, Josh will hold it down. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Kamitha Roseman says, Mike is off, look at chat. <laughs> um, Camster Mail uh, says, uh, many places all over the world are not listening to government authorities and I, I have no problem with that. This is a test to see how brainwashed we are into following directions. I 100% agree. Um, we have become so dependent uh, based on school systems, media, etc., that we've ended up in a position where we are willing in so many cases, collectively speaking, generally speaking, willing to just bow down and say, okay, print trillions of dollars, shut down the entire world, kill maybe billion, a billion jobs in the world, kill millions, tens of millions of businesses. I, I've never seen anything like it uh, in, in my life, and none of you have. And it's, it's a historic time to be alive, and I think that it's important that now more than ever that we stand up for these things. But people say, oh, stop fear-mongering. It's not the time. Well, if this isn't the, isn't the time, we might as well start digging up the ground and lay down and bury ourselves because if anything is the time, now is. Um, Bitrios is buy Bitcoin. 
Uh, Jonah Curry says, good job, Josh. Uh, let's see. Excalibur says, YouTube don't want y'all talking about it. Yeah, it's weird. Mike just completely disappeared from the screen there. Um, Rika, the hopeful voluntarist, says, only severe problems for the peasants. Let them eat cake. Absolutely, Rika. Good to see you here. Um, my, my dad's commenting. says, Mike lost his camera. <laughs> Uh, Bitrio says Josh is a Bitcoin millionaire. I wish I was, but certainly not. Maybe in Venezuela, Venezuelan uh, Boulevard Fuertes. Um, Camster email says uh, it would be funny if everybody worldwide just stopped paying rent and mortgage. Human beings are not designed to spend an entire life working for somebody to pay for a piece of property. Well, there's a switch over from labor um, to benefit, and there's an incentive for labor and people willingly do things for money. And so I have nothing against people building uh, a situation, like building something and asking for money for it. It's it, people aren't willing to just work, work, work themselves to death. I, that just sounds like communist collectivism, honestly. I mean, it's money is always is just a value is a trade of value. So you have one value is labor and the other value is whatever kind of money, gold, silver, crypto, uh, fiat, whatever it might be. It's as simple as that. I don't think uh, that's an issue. We have Mike popping up back on the screen. Josh, <laughs> let me tell you so. So, man, I appreciate you holding it down. So, so I'm, I'm listening to you talk a minute ago and it just dies on my end. Like it's never happened before. <laughs> and I couldn't get back in. I went to two different computers and Dude, I, this is shadow bang. I told you they're after me. Oh my goodness. Like I've never had, I've never been dropped from my own live stream. <laughs> oh my goodness. Weird. But wow, that was, that was a little spooky. Cause it kept saying, sorry, we, you know, something's went wrong. I'm like, damn. Okay. But anyway, Josh, man, I appreciate you holding it down. I don't know where you left off at. So just <laughs> we, we can keep going where you left anyway, off. Anyway, well, I was just, you know, uh, ask whatever you want. I, I, I was just talking about, you know, um, the ideas of value and uh, I think uh, value is rather subjective. And when we're talking about it, a lot of people are saying we shouldn't have to pay our mortgages. We shouldn't have to pay our bills. Human beings aren't meant to pay for things. And, you know, labor is a trade off mm -hmm. of, you know, one form of value for another form of value. It doesn't have to be if people decide they want to do things for free, go ahead. But yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be fiat. It could be Bitcoin. It could be gold. It could be silver. It could be a goat. It could be milk. It could be whatever it might be. It could be another form of labor. Yeah. I help you lift this and you'll help me lift that. Uh, so I, I don't think it, we're going down a slippery slope when we say um, we shouldn't have to pay bills. We shouldn't have to pay mortgages. Um, obviously, these companies that we're paying are monopolized by the government. It causes us to have to pay a lot more than we would otherwise if it weren't for the government. But with that said, um, I, I believe that it's important that we don't invite some collective order like the government yeah. in to start taking it all over for us and saying, we're going to pay your rent. And don't worry about it. We've got this. And then they're printing like trillions of dollars yeah. and just paying for everything for us to be free within their prison. Yeah. And I, I think that's where it's going. So based upon the information you've gathered, I'm seeing more and more videos from people who are out on the streets. They're going to hospitals and there's no lines. There's no there's all these camps set up, but there's no activity there. So give me give me your thoughts. Like I'm kind of torn in between the fact that there are people who are being impacted by this and that are losing their lives. But then there's also the mainstream narrative to push this scare that things are coming apart and it's going to take over the world. So where do you stand? Like, you know, is this the real deal or is this not as serious as they make it seem? 
I think it's not black and white. I think it's one. It's it's both. It's it's both. We have um, a contagion that's happening for sure. There's a pandemic that's happening for sure. It's being overinflated in one area and underinflated in another. So, for example, uh, in the United States, they're counting a lot of people with pneumonia as people who have coronavirus, which I don't think is genuine. But then you go to China and they're saying there's no coronavirus, but millions of phone numbers disappearing, millions of people that are just suddenly missing, <laughs> and yeah. it's like. So it looks to me, and I, I detailed this in a recent report on the Chinese global takeover that I did, uh, it seems to me that there is an attempt by China to make it look like everything's getting better there when it's not, mm -hmm. and the US to inflate the problem, to give them more power over people and give them more abilities to um, enforce you know, whatever kinds of restrictions they want on people. Mm -hmm. So, but at the same time, yeah, there's people, millions of people are losing their jobs already over about 4 million people have lost their jobs in the United States recently, but they're looking at um, 40 million in general in the United States, 47 million to be clear. Uh, in the United that's States, that's on a that's, that's a low ball number, I think. But <laughs> I know because I mean, how many jobs are essential? I mean, to me, my job is essential regardless. I am mm -hmm. essential to myself to sustain my own living and my own freedoms. But with that said, what's going to happen to the average person uh, that that like a shop owner? How many employees do they need at a store to stock shelves? All that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Restaurants. Restaurants and bars are a massive, massive uh, part of the dependent culture. And I like yeah. restaurants and, and I like bars. But the fact of the matter is um, people have stopped learning how to cook, stopped learning how to prepare for themselves. And people are more dependent on restaurants and bars, etc. Yeah. And then there's a huge market that opens up. Millions of people become employed in that sector. And then all those millions of jobs are wiped out all while people cannot cook for themselves and it cannot sustain themselves. I think that's a big issue that that is all uh, coming together at the same time right now. And that's, I believe worldwide, we're probably going to see about 1 billion uh, jobs lost out of this worldwide. Oh, I could be more because right now it looks like a complete global government takeover. That's like, we're going to control literally every factor of your life. Don't worry about going to work. The only good thing that came out of this, in my opinion, and I don't know if you if you agree or not, but in my opinion, the, one of the greatest things that came out of this is that they canceled the um, rest of the school year for kids. I mean, good thing for those kids. <laughs> they usually be able to, I'd say they could play outside and learn yeah. some things, but uh, they're stuck inside watching mainstream media. So maybe it isn't that good. But Yeah. And so uh, like yeah. right now, depending on what part of the country you're in, I mean, that, that probably can work out very well. But here up in Michigan, it's a little, still a little nippy outside, so we don't get outside as much. But. I'm curious to get your thoughts on the clear distinction of no more than 10 people can gather yet. I've seen little memes where they, you got people cluttered in Walmarts going for toilet paper and that's okay. Or they're, they're not really concerned with how many people pack into these retail stores right. for goods, but then you can't worship on Sunday. And there's a, there's a pastor in Florida that decided to disobey that. And so, you know, do you think we're going to see more of that where people will say, you know what, if we can be in Walmart, you know, hundreds in Walmart. Why can't we be, you know, in our in our place of worship or any other right. place like that? You well, think they're propping up these, these very obedient, massive monopolies that they've regulated and taxed into existence, mm -hmm. uh, like Walmart. I've seen that here in Mexico too. I mean, uh, government's trying to shut down small businesses um, and saying they can't open, but the Starbucks is still open, the Burger King and the Subway is still open, but all the small businesses are closed, and it's like what's going on here? It seems like there's almost like a, a shift over to just destroy businesses that were already barely hanging on in the first place. Uh, I don't understand who designates the area in which uh, 10 people or more stand in. Is it okay within like 
20 feet? How about 30 feet? How about 40? What if you've already had coronavirus? So you know you can't, you're not going to be spreading it. Can mm -hmm. you go and join a group of people? Like, can we have like a, a 100 coronavirus uh, survivor party all together and have a concert? Like, I don't understand uh, how they are rolling this out. And people are saying, well, they're overwhelmed. They don't know how to handle the situation because they've never been in it before. I guarantee you they've played out this situation thousands of times. Mm -hmm. uh, Event 201 is a great example. They were literally planning this kind of pandemic as an exercise, which they do every year, but yeah. they were planning this out with big government figures, business leaders, um, actors, news anchors, etc., and planning out how this would be achieved. I don't get it because they, they're very subjective um, with what is open and what isn't. And I, I find it crazy that they're, they're arresting people left and right in places like Spain just for walking down the street right now uh, with yeah. permission slips to go to the grocery store. This, this isn't about, well, we want to make sure that you're safe. This is about control. And it's one of the biggest tests of control, global control that the world has ever seen in history. Yeah. And I can't help but think of an exercise that happened in Canada back in the 1940s, where they faked uh, a faked a Nazi invasion in mm. Canada. So really? very few people know about this. There's movies about it. Um, essentially what happened was uh, in my hometown of Winnipeg, Canada, in the 1940s, there suddenly were tanks with uh, swastikas going down the streets and they took over everything and everyone just put their arms, their hands up and said, okay, take me. And they successfully took over the whole city. They were spraying people with fire hoses. They were arresting people and putting them in the back of trucks and everyone just went, okay, I guess that's our new reality now. And this to me, and they, they re revealed after it was a joke and people were not happy, but then also just forgot about it a week later. But uh, this to me yeah, tells me how easily people are able to conform to a crazy situation. Look how many people are already just repeating the same thing that they hear on the news. Mm -hmm. Social distancing, flattening the curve, you know, all these terms and, you know, these, these phrases that I keep hearing everywhere that are literally just repeated from TV, like people don't understand the, the science of this. People don't understand the economics of this. To them, it's just like a big game and they've just conformed to it and now it's okay. And this is a reality now. I guess we're staying home and taking a really long day off, Netflix and chill, let's watch that Tiger King documentary or whatever it might be. And honestly, to me, I think this just is one of the best exercises ever in human obedience that we've ever seen because I see a lot of people that call themselves libertarians mm -hmm. lately that are like, yes, we must conform, we must submit, we must stay in our homes, we must shelter in place. There's another term, shelter in place. Yeah. And everyone just falls for it. And now they're printing trillions of dollars or taking away guns and you're not even allowed to protest it. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. So. Will you, do you think, uh, so this is April 1st, we're literally a month into all this new social, you know, programming that we're all being indoctrinated with. Do you see social unrest coming? Uh, like we're seeing somewhere in Italy and things like that, where people will either get tired of being told what to do, realize that there is no real threat or because of a lack of resources, food or whatever, they're going to hit, hit the streets and start causing problems. Hence the idea of military tanks and stuff like that. And right. all that stuff is happening. Will we see that, you know, this spring, this summer, or what, what time frame do you think that might fall into? Uh, it's hard to put a time frame on it. I'm amazed that people haven't done it already, but people mm -hmm. again are very subservient in their, uh, in their, in their slavery. But I think that we're already, there's some evidence in parts of Los Angeles that I've seen so far, people already breaking some windows and in Vancouver, Canada, breaking some windows and stuff like that. There was uh, one person in, I forget where it was. It might've in Chicago, 
where there were some people start, starting fires in the streets and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that we will no doubt see civil unrest because the most poor of, of society are going to have absolutely nothing. The housing market is going to completely collapse. Mm -hmm. uh, a big part of it being due to Airbnb. And we see Airbnb, they have people, yeah, property yeah. owners with 20 to 60 properties that can't pay any mortgages because they're running out of cash. And I mean, I can't even imagine what's going to happen. The, the U.S. government and the Federal Reserve is printing into uh, mortgage-backed securities. And it's just like yeah. we are literally witnessing 2008 on steroids times 10. And honestly, I believe this is the biggest, greatest depression in the history of mankind. It's going to well outdo the Great Depression. Oh, it already kind of has. Yeah. And um, what I think this is going to end up uh, turning into is people begging for food. And when they can't get food, when they're begging because there's no one to give it to them because no one else has food, you're going to have people attacking each other. You're going to have people going into houses that aren't defended and stealing hordes of food that they have. And you're going to end up with people going, please, government, save me from these rioters. And then we're going to have government shooting people on the streets that are trying to get food. I think I, that sounds far-fetched, but this is exactly how human behavior works. We're going to go one step at a time into further dependence on this because everything's going to get scarier and scarier, and we're going to beg for comfort. And that is how it works in every other country. That's how it worked in the USSR. That's how it worked in, in Venezuela. Mm -hmm. And I believe that we're going to keep going into that direction until people just just go, uh, you know, all hail Trump or all hail Biden or whoever. I think they're canceling the election. But anyway, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. And um, so that's my biggest concern right now is that it just we are entering into a dragon's den of uh, civil unrest. And that could happen easily by June if things can keep getting put off because they keep expanding the amount of time. The period of time longer and longer in mexico they said uh in in the jalisco province where i am right now uh which encapsulates puerto vallarta and guadalajara they say um okay well by april or no march 30th we'll drop the emergency uh warning and then on march 30th they said actually we're going to extend it to april 30th and now people are saying it could be extended to june yeah. In the UK, they're saying that 70-year-old people might have to stay in their homes, 70 years and up, might have to stay in their homes for two years and not be allowed to leave two years. Really? Um, they're suggesting it. Um, but I believe they, they were suggesting people just staying in their house in the beginning. And people said, ah, they're not going to enforce that. And now, look, almost all of the United States is being forced into their homes. One after another, the Maryland um, you know, government, the Virginia government, the uh, California, New York, Illinois. I mean, it's out of control at this point and well actually it's in control and that's a problem yeah and so as of now it's going to work in the short term but once people realize that this is all one synchronized event of them telling us you know 15 days 30 days it's going to be 60 days and I, I, my personal opinion is that before but when the weather turns in the north and northern region and in the eastern region where it gets a little bit warmer outside that's when we're gonna have problems with people being obeying and continue to follow that rule just because you ain't gonna keep people in the house cooped up when the weather's good outside. So people will venture out, and then that's when we might, in that by that time, see that militarization of head back into your house and then pointing guns or whatever type of thing happening because right. it's gonna be hard to get people to stay in the house for such a long period of time, especially if you're not sick or don't know nobody has been impacted by it. You gonna think that it's already blown over and you're gonna hit them streets. And it's it incredibly unhealthy there. too. I mean, it's unbelievably unhealthy to stay in your house for that amount of time. And besides, no one's gonna have jobs. Yeah. No, th these businesses, most of them aren't coming back. Most yeah. of these businesses are gone forever. And those are people's hard work the lives that are on the line there. And then there's no food production. I mean, the food production has dropped like a rock. Um, there are still essential workers producing food, but 
minimal compared to what there was. People think FEMA is going to feed them. FEMA is going to come to their house and give them food. And let me tell you, they aren't. They can try. They won't be able to. There are There's a ridiculous amount of people in the United States. The idea of the small amount of people working for FEMA, even if it is thousands of people being able to feed everyone in the country is absurd, ridiculous. And that also is a level of dependency that people have come to where they think, oh, well, I don't have to feed myself. The government's literally going to feed me like feeding from the tit. Like this is literally the mentality that so many people have. And it's it scares me because that just shows that people aren't ready for this. And that has been the subject of everything I've said on world alternative media since day one was to prepare, prepare, prepare. It's not about fear mongering. It's about mm-hmm. being prepared. So you don't have to be in fear, but yeah. right now I think most people are in fear and desperately dependent. Yeah. Well, Josh Sigerson, man, as always, it's great to connect with you. I appreciate you for taking time to join us and also holding it down when I, when I disappear. No problem. <laughs> uh, that, that was good, man. So definitely want to connect again more often because I'm curious to find out <clears throat> your thoughts on time ahead. And so I want to hear your strategy and your plans on what you plan on doing, given the fact you're in Mexico now, where you going, will you stay on there permanently or will you venture either further South or, or what? So we got to connect again and go over those details. So um, world alternative media, for those that are not familiar with it, I'll put it up on the screen. I had everything set up until I got canceled on my own show. But, uh, <laughs> that was yeah, that's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I can't say I've ever seen someone get pulled out of their own show and then. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, I host for a living. It's it's all good. I just, I, I, it just disappeared on me out the blue, but I'll put it up on the screen here. Let me see. Share my screen. Still see if I got those features. Uh, let me see here. Okay, there we go. So I'll share this so people can see. So for people who may not know, okay, there you go. World Alternative Media on YouTube. And of course, you, we were talking beforehand. You're everywhere on all types of other alternative social media places as well. And by the way, of course, um, they don't have my most recent video up on the screen there because why would they? They wait until it's died off and then I can no longer get views on it. Uh, so I definitely recommend everyone uh, go subscribe to World Alternative Media as well as find me on float.app, F-L-O-T-E.app, where I'm at Wham as well as at Josh Searson. Um, I really appreciate you having me always. Oh, yeah. um, we should We should be hooking up soon and get you on Wham. Uh, because I think we were talking about that like a year or two years ago. Yeah. We never made it happen, so let's do that. It's all good. Well, definitely. Well, I have more time now, so we can, we can make that work, my friend. But <laughs> be safe down there, man. Let's connect again. As always, if you guys enjoyed the back and forth, make sure you go check out Josh and then subscribe to this video, share to do whatever. And we'll be back later on for some live streaming later on tonight. Be blessed.